I'm John Murphy. And I'm Christian Humes. And you're listening to Watch World. Thank you, everybody. Welcome. Uh, this is, I think, part six on our journey through Bond. Uh, we're dealing with the sixth movie in our watching series, Dr. No. Um, it is the sixth book. That's why we're going in book order. But we're So we're watching the movies out of order. Um, so now we go to the very first one. The very first one. All the way back to 1962. The, Dr. No. The one that started it all, Dr. No. Yeah, it's weird that this is the first book, but not the first movie. It actually makes a lot of sense because... I think when you watch this movie and you see the kind of seeds of the franchise that are planted and they're not quite grown into what the what the franchise would become. But you can see why maybe they picked this book because it's a very straightforward, linear, very kind of easier to understand. You have a much more definable, like the, the villain is very like the classic Bond villain. Yes. Um, Whereas, like, you know, we, last time we discussed From Russia With Love, and that was definitely more of the spy-y um, espionage, multiple parties going on, and, you know, like, kind of yeah. Mission Impossible, you're doing with a lectern, and, like, you know. But this does have a lot of espionage, too, in it. Yeah, yeah. a different type of espionage. Yeah. But this one also has, like, you have the location, kind of. Right. It's a very exotic, attractive location. Um, <laughs> exotic. I want to say exotic. Yes. I, I yes. mean, but that's the way it's framed. Yes. Yeah, because it's the time in which it came out. Yeah, and I, 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 I do want to preface our discussion with this. Like, As much as I do love Bond, um, a lot of it is problematic in the sense that, um, especially in the books, but sometimes in the movies, and especially these early movies, um, you know, it's a little bit of a... Bond is a, you know, a white British man that's kind of on this adventures in these sort of people... In, the, in these countries of mostly predominantly people of color and is yeah. dealing mostly with potentially people of color and it can come off a little bit uh, problematic sometimes. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, it's during a time where being racist wasn't looked down upon in the way it is today. Yeah, and also if you, if you go back and kind of the mind frame of Ian Fleming, it's like in these books, a lot of them are the West versus the Soviet Union and like the USSR right. and all these other kind of other parts of the world are mostly just kind of in between things or things in there in the way or like battlegrounds. Yeah, well, it's of. proxies where we could have our yes. wars instead of having them in our home turf. Yes. That's so, basically what the Middle East is today. Yeah, and like and and you know, during this time, during the fifties, it was very much Central South America. Then you also had, you know, Southeast Asia, mainland, you know, Asia right. and these other and the Middle East. And so um essentially all the sort of non white sort of Communities yeah. get kind of the interesting uh, thing about it is though if you rip out like all the like weird stereotypes and tropes that they do that are like racist and sexist, you could just replace them with characters that are not these weird stereotypes, and the movies would still work just fine. Yeah. So it's like I don't think it's a baby bathwater situation, which is what I think people have made it out to be. When we first started this and started reading the first one, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if this series needs to go on. And as we keep reading it, I'm like, no, there's actually way more here that differentiates James Bond from other things yeah. and that it has started that like, actually there's, there's only a handful of things. And if we just fix the terrible characters and just make them new people, like you can keep pretty much largely the rest of the plots. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would say outside of maybe a few characters, I would say outside of a few characters, um, 
particularly Mr. Big in Little Night Die. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were going to say Sex in the City. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Big in Sex in the City. Um, but miss, like certain things in Live and Let Die and some parts of this maybe, um, you know, most of the time it isn't as like crazy, like with, as far as being the, the descriptions and the way that like they're not as stereotyping as right. like other things. And uh, the movie, I think, does a pretty decent job of actually kind of avoiding that for the most part, um, like particularly with Coral. Like he it's not like he's... Um, talking necessarily in, in a very stereotypical way like he seems pretty like a natural character that actually has some yeah. to him um, which i think is actually kind of like cool for 1962 to have sure. like a <laughs> yeah <laughs> this type of character but um anyways so let's i think dive into it um what were your first impressions about this dr no well so the way it opens up that was like the assassination i think i texted you about this and i said like it felt like there'd never been a person assassinated in a movie before because they just didn't know how to shoot it. It was just like these guys just kind of like stumbling up to this dude in a car and they just like shoot him and it was like, and he was dead. And yeah, there was like no drama to it. There was no tension. There was no like, you saw the guys coming. Like there were a million things that were missing from the way this was shot that made it yeah. seem like this was one of the first times people saw a like spy assassination on film. Yeah, keep in mind, so this movie was made for a million dollars. Yeah. Um, and it made a credible amount of money. Like, I think we over- overlooked the fact that, like, a lot of these early movies were so financially successful because they, they were, were made cheap. so cheaply yeah. and they just did so well. It was like, sure. It was crazy. But yeah, they were kind of figuring out a lot of stuff in this movie. Um, a lot of it's obviously filmed in the middle of the day. Whereas I think in the book, it's, it's like kind of set at dusk and these, like, three sort of supposedly blind beggars come by. And and Strangways kind of gives them a, a coin, and then they end up just murdering him and taking his body. <laughs> so it's like I, it, it's done a lot cooler in the book, but um, in the movie, it's it's very kind of just out in the open and very like, kind of weirdly shot. But I thought overall, like it was it was kind of cool as, as an opening because yeah, like, it feels like, like a cold open. Yeah, and you're like, what's happening? Who is this? And then they they go to his like hideout and they murder his secretary and take her too. It's also probably at that time very different than a lot of other movies with the way it just opens like that, not on the main character and yeah, just like with an event happening and then it'll eventually roll into sort of like the musical act because yes. all other movies probably had some level of narration or text like telling you like where we are in the movies and just a lot yeah. of older movies had ways to make sure like everyone in the audience knows where we are, what's happening, who the yeah, people are. Yeah, I think even later Bond movies they'll, they'll kind of tell you in little Chiron being like this country, blah blah. blah. Right. Like, you know. Which even even if they had that, it still like subverts I think what people think. So you're going to see James Bond. I think you expect to see James Bond at the start of the movie and not a bunch of other people. Yeah, but keep in mind this is the first time this is really other than uh, an early TV series and I think think another version no actually casino royale came later like the 60s version but so this is like kind of the real like real introduction of this character to screen um hence why i think it has has probably one of the best character introductions yeah that we've seen in a lot of a lot of different movies but i yeah so the opening's great because we this is the first one we also don't have a, a theme song it is the james bond theme song is the over the credits you know so that's why um you know, as they kind of figure out the opening main titles, as it gets more complex and you have like sexy girls dancing and blah, 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 blah. This one was just very like dots, flashing dots <laughs> and just colors and over the, you know, the theme song that we... I mean, they made it for a million dollars. Yes. 
<laughs> just to remind everybody. Yeah. Um, it's like that's not even the budget of any of just the musical sequences now in a Bond movie. Yeah. I do love after we come out of the main titles when it cuts to London and like they're trying to get the transmission. They, they say, oh, Jamaica's gone dead. Blah, blah, blah. I love how everyone working in that room is like 20 something like British kids. And I'm like, oh, it makes it seem like MI6 was like the, where all the cool techie kids were. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you cut to M and he's like, this just, you know, grouchy old man. Yeah, I got to say, Jane Duty Gench as M is just like forever going to be M to me for some reason. Well, because our introduction really was the Pierce Brosnan era. Yeah. And she was M then. Yeah. And so for me, yeah, I would say. And then they carried her into Daniel Craig's, which was such an interesting choice. Yeah, so it was, for us, I think, yeah, I would say, like, Judy Dench is always, I think, my preferred choice. But, like, you know, it's, it's for a lot of people older than us, Bernard Lee was sure, yeah. the M going I, for many years. I just don't think any of them are as charismatic as her. And I think it's because, like, any of these older yes. just British dudes, like, they're just going to come off as, like, a boring like lesser person than James Bond is. So like having this like powerful woman made it so much more interesting. That dynamic. I hope maybe they do something like that again. In yeah. The I, I kind of see though, they, they went straight from the book in the sense that, Oh, of course. Like M in the book is such this like guy that's like, what's with this technology that people are using and blah, blah. And in no reality, <laughs> are they also ever going to back then put like a woman in that position of power? Like, <laughs> no yeah that was no, not gonna happen they, the they updated her eventually probably could have done it way sooner but you know it was glad that they did yeah you know and it, it's cool to, to see the kind of gender reverse like or you know gender switching that you can do with characters because they are fictional characters yeah i think it makes a big difference there especially like when bond's a dude it just like makes it just makes them look boring yeah it's just like two a bunch of dudes talking yeah a lot of these early movies when you watch it, it's like a bunch it of is, old stuffy british dudes talking it, it, yeah <laughs> You're just like, okay. Um, but, yeah, so he, you know, th and then so we get the introduction of Bond. He's, you know, he's playing uh, Baccarat at some local. Baccarat. Baccarat. Bank. Sweetie. Sweetie. I just like that they don't Bonk. really pronounce the T. Baccarat. Yeah, it's yeah. Baccarat. As Americans say, we Baccarat. Yeah. <laughs> we am going to play some Baccarat. Yeah. <laughs> at Morongo. I've seen <laughs> at it. Morongo. <laughs> yeah, playing background. Um but yeah, so he's in the middle of a game playing against Sylvia Trench. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not great the, great names in this first one. So yeah. Sylvia Trench, which is is that supposed to be like a punny sex name or is that just me? Oh <laughs> uh, probably. It's probably. Yeah. Like Pussfeller. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they get, but she's not in the book. This is a completely made-up character for the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So that was like one interesting thing when I, when I remember I was reading the book again first and then watched the movie. And I was like, oh, wait, yeah, she's not in the book at all. It's, this is the first movie. Yes, it's but this the is the sixth book. book. Right, okay. I was about to say, wait, why didn't he know Felix in Casino Royale? Because that's actually the first book. Correct. Okay. Yeah, so that's why... It's really complicated when we kind of watch these a little bit out of order, but it's also kind of fun to just kind of get the out of orderness of it all. Um, I didn't realize how prominent Felix was as a character until we started watching these old ones. Yeah, he yeah because he basically was a lot in the early ones, was kind of missing for a long time, shows up back in License to Kill in the late '80s, and then um, 
isn't seen again until Casino Royale. Right, which is why I think I was just like in Casino Royale. I was like, oh, this is interesting having this American guy. Like when I first watched that. Well, we're so used to Wade in the in the Brazen era. Yeah. Where, you know, that's like essentially the lighter character. Which I rewatched all of those recently and they're pretty great. <laughs> yeah, they're great. <laughs> you know, yo, Jimbo. <laughs> oh, man. But um, yeah, we'll get to we'll get to lighter when he comes in the in the story. But um, so he's called Bond's called to, to, you know, we get the famous lines like a new Bond, James Bond. You know. Well, we want to get to some famous lines. We'll talk about Goldfinger when we get there. Next. Oh yeah, no, we'll get there. We'll we'll get, we'll, get, we'll open the episode with a famous line. <laughs> but anyways, um, he gets called to M. Um, we get the quick. Th- I just want to point this out. So when he goes to see M and he's, get, and he's given his mission, he's also told to like switch out his gun. And this is because in the book, it's he's told to switch out his gun because in the last mission, when he got poisoned and almost died. Um, by Rosa Klebb, kind of stabbed him with her her shoe knife thing. Oh right! So he almost it was a cliffhanger right. in the book, and he almost died. And so in the in this in Doctor No, when he is recovering, he like essentially is, is taking a few minutes to recover. He goes and sees Emma again. Emma's like, "You can't use your Beretta anymore. It's a shitty gun. We're gonna use a better gun." That's when this is when he's given the the PP, PPK. Yeah, the PP. Yeah, the smaller, more packs a punch gun. Um, and so that's Bond why you see it here. PP. Yeah, you gotta love that Wather, you know. But um, but yeah, so that's why we have this scene here where he's given it, and it actually is. So a little bit of trivia I learned about this was um, when Ian Fleming wrote the books. He originally, for the first six books, he had a, a Beretta as his weapon of choice, and then apparently some guy in the UK was like kind of the first like YouTube troll, and like wrote in <laughs> and was like he was like this weapons expert and was like. Um, hey, like that's like a crappy gun to use in like the for like a spy situations. Like he was like, you would use this gun and this type of holster. And so so then, and so then Fleming embraced it and then was like, wrote it into the book. And that guy's name was Major Boothroyd, who ended up naming Q in the thing. So it's a little history. He like wrote this random. (laughs) Probably a spy. Yeah, probably a spy who's like. I think he was just a guy that loved guns. You're getting some stuff wrong, let me tell you. (laughs) He just loved guns. Let me tell you, this is what he would have. He wouldn't have that crappy gun. No. He'd be like, no, because to him, the Beretta was too large to pull out and actually use. Definitely is. And with a PPK, it's like tiny, it's small, Mm -hmm. you can kind of... Concealed. Easier to conceal, easier to remove. Accurate. Yeah. And it packs a punch. Yeah. That's all you need. So... um, but yeah, so I just wanted to point out that's that's why he gets the gun in this one too, and um, and it's got the famous gun. So um, he is about to leave. He decides to have a one night stand with Sylvia Trench. <laughs> I mean, you know, see, it's like normally I would want to maybe make a tasteless joke, but because we're we're we already prefaced this with like problematic this game, yeah, it feels like then I'm being uh, so I'm just not going to. I'm yeah. going to say Sylvia is a wonderful name. I will say though, so he only he only lays with one woman in the book. I'm gonna say that. Why did you re- re- refer to it that way? I'm gonna say bones a lady, well, or just like sleeps. He only lays with one woman. Like I'm trying to talk like M. You're like you're in like the Bible. Like you're at, you're like talking to children. Yeah. I, yeah. Anyways, so Bond he, shall only lay with sleep- one woman. Under the full moon. He sleeps with one woman. And, and then you can tell in this one, they were like, we need to up the sex. So he he has he sleeps with three women in this movie. Right. Okay. 
<laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, and, this is before people were worried about STDs. Oh, of course. It it gets bad when you get to the 80s Bond, and it's like Roger Moore is like sleeping with like four women in in the movie unprotected. Yeah, You're like where, at the height of the AIDS crisis. This is where they steered wrong, man. This is where like the directors and everyone was just like, well, why do people like this? I think it's the women. It's the women. It's the gadgets. It's yeah. the cars. All that's in this movie. You, yeah. can, you can tell it's all the seeds are a little bit laid. A little that's bit. true. Um, but the espionage. One thing that I particularly liked about this is seeing the machinations of MI6 working. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I feel like is sometimes missing from the newer Bonds. And that's what I like about it. Because I think James is partially more interesting when he's a cog in the machine of MI6. And yes. it's like he's getting information and information's the valuable thing. And working thing. within the system as yeah. opposed to being like, I'm going rogue. Right. Which like... Like, that's interesting when they do it, like, once. But never more than that. And it's, like, it. I don't know, just the idea that, like, he's so good that, like, he's the only one that, like, there's so many other talented people there. So, like, seeing, like, he brings information back. You see other people moving around. They're, like, decoding it. They're, like, Bond, we figured stuff out. We're going to fill you in now with it's what's like going on. like those rocks you send us. They're radioactive. Yeah. It's like... But it's not just, like, okay, you go take care of everything and we'll be your backup. Like, that's what I feel like sometimes it's become. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. I it's I, maybe it's just a sign of the times that like people resonate more with like someone that bucks the system and like goes rogue. Yeah, um, and I think maybe it's just that like it's also the problem of escalation. Like anytime you have a story, you always have to figure out how to one up it. Yeah, and and then like people want like a superhero like character too. And maybe it's the sort of Mission Impossible yeah, kind of thing kind of seeping definitely. in where that was very much like. In the first movie of that, it's like he gets betrayed and has to work outside the system. And it's kind of hundred percent all the time. So maybe yeah. that's kind of like, oh, we need to kind of reflect. and like the Jason Bourne, which yeah. is what I, I actually think like the current Bond feels more influenced by Bourne than Mission Impossible. Bourne, even like look at '90s action movies like Speed, where yeah. it's like he's obviously working within the system, but kind of because he took initiative and. But this Bond's yeah. not. He's like, I'm gonna get you information because yeah. that's my job. It's to trade in information. Yeah, he's an I'm agent. I'm a spy. He's an agent for the crown. I'm he's... gonna go like talk to people. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. No, it's good. I think it's. I liked it a lot. Like, I'm, I'm really hoping that's the direction they lean in future. Like the next time they come back with it. I wish. I kind of wish if once they reset this after Craig, and or figure out whatever direction they go back to a more traditional. Like, here's a mission. Go do it. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Kind of go go beyond that, but and maybe we'll get this. In no, no one else to... is doing it. Yeah, that's why. Like it would be good. Yeah, because no one else is doing it, and it's the best thing about these old movies so far is all of like the chatting and like him <laughs> pretend. Like he's like, oh, I'm James Bond. I'm not telling you I'm a spy, but I'm James Bond. And I'm gonna I'm gonna you know do my thing here. Uh, I was about to reference something from Goldfinger, but I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So he gets to Jamaica into Kingston, uh, lands at the airport, <laughs> immediately is his photos taken just by a woman standing like three feet away from him. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Very subtle. Um, he's about to get into the chauffeur. It's like, oh, yeah, the, um, the governor's house sent the car. And he's like, I don't remember this. And then he goes and makes the call, um, sees that this driver is basically like not from the, not from the government. So he's like, this person, you know, I'm going to figure this out. So I just go with him anyways. We're introduced, we don't know yet, but we're introduced to Phoenix Leiter, who's yes. wearing a wonderful pair of sunglasses. Yes. Those were lovely <laughs> looking things. You're like, who's this man wearing? <laughs> He's like kind of winged. 
sunglasses. I like that this is also at a point where, so in so Felix introduced the CIA agent, all that nonsense, right? Now you go back and you have go back. You come to the future. You have in um, Pierce Brosnan's Bond. They have uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on her name? She was like the NSA agent. Um, in which movie, Goldeneye? No. Oh, are you thinking Jinx? Yes. Yeah, yeah. In uh, Die Another Day. Yes. And it's just like, because I think at that point, like, well, everyone knows what CIA is now. So now we got to do NSA. It's just like back then they could just use CIA and everyone would be like, oh, this mysterious CIA trading spies. And it yeah. just like immediately makes this guy cool because he's, he's basically like the American James Bond is what you think. Yeah. And also you, I think, you know, CIA is relatively new. Right. At the, like it's still like probably like twenty years maybe yeah. less than that um, kind of in, in existence so yeah, like, I, yeah there is that kind of like oh this is the American counterpart right um, you know and I think and I think Bond also works really well kind of going off of what you're saying about working within the system it's really cool to have when Bond has allies that he goes to these places and you know reconnects with said ally or meets up with this person that's going to be his eyes and ears in the in this area it makes all the scale seems bigger like whatever they're up against seems more important because it's like well there's so many people involved in this because like how could any one person do it yeah so like when it is mostly bond on his own it kind of misses that and it just feels like well how hard could this be could we just send in like 12 dozen dudes like a couple dozen dudes and just take this place out, like if it's, yeah. if one guy could do it, and you want like someone to work within the system and like right. be able to use the resources around him, right? In that way, yeah, um, yeah. What do you think about the car sequence in which he beats up the driver? Oh, that wasn't great. <laughs> I it was okay. I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. I thought the guy kind of looked like um, he did look familiar. He looked like like Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> He did. He looked like Bond was beating up a future Bond. Oh, wow. Like, I swear, when I was watching, I was like, this guy weirdly looks like a 1960s, like, 70s Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> they had, like, the same face. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't look that. It looked a little strange. And then when he bites into the whatever, the cyanide yeah. capsule thing and his cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, Ugh. Though I did like when he takes the body to the governor's mansion and is like, Make sure he doesn't move. Yeah. And then the guy's like, the guy does like the double take of in the backseat. Like, what? I like how they're just basically having a fight on like the side of the road. Yeah. 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 You can tell it's like, oh, they filmed this movie very cheaply. And yeah. It was like, you know. Where the, were these shot? Were they, they were, they were all shot, shot in like Jamaica and in England, basically. Oh, studio, okay. So like, I wasn't ever sure. Like, do they, how much this was shot like in America? How anything that's like indoors shot? was probably in England. And then anything like some of this outside stuff was. You know, in Kingston, like wow. out in around Jamaica. Yeah. Okay. It was probably cheaper, actually, to do that back then. Yeah. I, I would say um, one that's interesting, like in the early half of Bond, yeah. they could shoot in a lot of really cool exotic locations. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the governments at the time were really friendly to these type of things. Wait, well, they, there was no one. They, they weren't turning anyone else down. It was like so, like this was just like probably public land that anyone could use, and they were like, "Oh, you want to like especially film in this there? movie? A lot like, of it felt very like a thousand dollars for the day is probably fine. Yeah. I don't know. Like, can you make sure to clean up after yourselves, or <laughs> or yeah, like, put us in a clean good up light? that car that you blew up? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you're gonna now you're gonna make sure we look good here, right? Like, so what are you what are you doing with the three gentlemen that uh oh they're gonna assassinate a white man? Okay, great. Okay. You're gonna make us look lovely. Thank you. Um. 
Yeah, so I think um, Bond's on the case. He goes to Strainway's house. Um, I think he, he connects the boat that Strainway's would go on to Coral. He goes and meets yeah. Coral. Um, <laughs> I love the fight that Cor- he has with Coral at first when they don't know each other yet. And they like he throws him on like a giant of empty boxes of red stripe <laughs> at that bar. <laughs> that was great. I like... Um... So before they get to meet Dr. No, which is coming up fast, I like the crab key. Anytime anyone says crab, crab key, key. Yeah. it's one it's of those name. words that like it just it's fun yeah. to say. Yeah, it's like well you, you see that word you see the word key a lot in yeah. the Caribbean because it's usually a name for an island or some sort of adjacent thing and crab key is such a cruel name. To... It's a great name, crab key. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like a fun thing. It's crab key. Crab key. Yeah. And I love how it's like nobody wants to go there. All the locals fear it. Um, well, that, and that kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, uh, Skyfall. No, oh. one of the first bomb movies we watched. Casino Royale. No, no. The, what was Little the Little Might Die? Little Might Die. Yeah. 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 Don't go on the island. With the yeah. Don't go on the island with the voodoo. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. You can see that kind of reference <laughs> to that later. Yeah. Because yeah, about ten years later they yeah. they made that movie, so it's very much a callback to this. It definitely is. Um, but yeah, Coral doesn't like Crab Key. Um, in the book, he's not so much like I'm afraid. It's just more of like he's like, hey, I've known people that died over there. Like, it's yeah, like, it's like I'm not go over stupid. There. Yeah, he's like I'm not stupid. It's, yeah. like, it's less of like him looking terrified and him right. More it's like, like watching a horror movie. It's like I'm <laughs> not going in that door. It's like if you <laughs> go in there, you're gonna die. I'm gonna stay out here. Um, yeah, so. And then, obviously, after he connects with Coral, we meet Felix officially. You know, Felix feels kind of like a third wheel in this movie. He's kind of just there. I mean, he sort of always is, even when he's... Well, that's not not always. But even when he's more active, I've never had the sense that Felix is a better spy than Bond. Yeah. Well, it's because Felix isn't in the book, and it's mainly... A Bond Quarrel adventure. Got it. That That's why sense. it feels more like their buddy buddy in this movie. And right. then Felix just kind of feels like it inserted. Because he uh, was. Yes. Okay. And so, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, there's this whole plot line involving a professor, Dent, like the geology guy. Harvey. <laughs> RJ Dent, Harvey mm-hmm. Dent. Um, and rock samples, you know, Bond realizes that he's not being completely honest and then this professor tries to kill bond with a tarantula <laughs> yeah this i thought was like a fun weird move i i do i love um non-traditional forms of assassination i always think they're really interesting and that's yeah. like that i think is like the spy world and everything now is about just like guns yeah and it's like it's cool with poison oh it's so much cooler because yeah. also like if a tarantula kills him there's no way anyone could ever prove that yeah. anyone caused that to happen. Which we learn later with Honey Rider, and she talks about the Black Widow. Right. So, yeah, it's so a lot of uh, poisoning by animal insect. In yeah, this movie. it's a brilliant way to I, I actually, take someone out. I really did enjoy the uh, special effect of it, of the spider, because it's clearly not there. It's like filmed over a plate. Oh. And yeah. like you can see it crawling. That's why, like, Sean Connery, like, he's like, Look scared, look scared, Sean. Yeah, yeah. And it's like clearly not there, but like it overall blends in a way that looks kind of nice. <laughs> Which is interesting. You'd think they would just use a tarantula that can't yes. hurt him. Um, he probably was like, no. <laughs> yeah. And the book is not a tarantula, it's a uh, centipede. 
It's like a poisonous. Oh, that's so much worse. It's cool in the book because you can like feel it crawling no, up and it crawls up all into his face and like that's goes over. so yeah. much worse. Yeah, it's great. If there's any one bug or creature that I hate more than a spider, it's, it's a, centipede. a centipede. Yeah, Oof. just the more legs you add, the worse that it gets. The more the feeling. Yeah, as it goes up. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, thank you. Yeah. Also, like uh, going back to your spy comment. Um, the cool Bond does some cool spy like sort of things in terms of checking to see if people checked his room. Yes. So he does like the puts like the powder on his briefcase, and then he puts a single hair across his little uh, closet, to, and then he can check it later to see if anyone had opened it or stuff. So just some cool. Yeah, it's very like thing. old school. It's like old the kind spy. of thing you would see like Kevin McAllister do in Home Alone. <laughs> yes. You know because like he's watched James Bond. Yes. It's like things no one would have thought of until someone did it and now everyone's like well obviously these are the things you would do yeah and, and this one you know we there's really not any gadgets yeah the the best gadgets the geiger counter maybe yeah that's right I think that's it like a lot of it everything's practical yeah because there has to be some interesting tech you don't get that until from Russia with love and then you really right. get it with as the third film goldfinger yes um but in this one it's very much bond is kind of just using his environment for things what about his car though his car he doesn't really do anything right yeah like he just kind of it's just a car that he drives yeah. so um <laughs> he scores a date with miss tarot the secretary mm. and is going to drive up to her place um and where i we get the my favorite best line or my favorite line is when he's pursued by those guys in the car he somehow swerves around this big tractor thing and then the guys in the car go down the hill and the hill expl and explodes and then Bond um, runs up right. and the guy's like, what happened? And he's like, I guess they were on their way to a funeral. <laughs> Just being cheeky. Yeah, he is a, uh, a little bit funnier than I would normally expect him to be. I like Connery because he's like a big brute of a like, figure. It's funny you say that. But he's also funny. Because he is like in the context of that time, but today he's just like a regular like man. Yeah, but he's... <laughs> yeah, I think... You could, if you wanted to get, like, obviously a bigger, more muscular Bond, you could. But, yeah. Um, you know, and I think... That'd be wild. That would be a way to go that like no Dave, one would see. Dave Batista. That was Bond. exactly the name I was just thinking. Or The Rock. <laughs> just, yeah, like The Rock. James Bond. Which is, like, I'm totally against it because he's, he needs to blend in. It's like, yeah. that type of person is not going to blend in. <laughs> right. Which but, means the next Bond needs to be kind of like a bro. He needs to be very, like... Or like you, a hipster. You can in this one, it's like he's very slim. He gets kind of fatter as the, the, sure. as the movies go on. Yeah, well, he gets bigger. a bit older. Um, but in this one, he's very slim, and you can see why maybe they casted him. Yeah, as based on the descriptions in the book. Definitely. Um, but speaking of casting, in, in regards to poor casting, Miss Taro, uh, an Asian character played by a oh, white woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's. Uh... <laughs> Jesus. And not even really that much. I mean, her name is Miss Tarot. Yeah, Miss Tarot. <laughs> like tarot cards. It's yeah, I think it's like T R A R R O. Yeah, something like that. Um, she, in in the book, it's all about Doctor No is this Chinese man, right? And a lot of people that work for him are also Chinese, and yeah. so they make it that everyone who's Chinese in the book is somehow working for Doctor No. It's kind of this unfortunate decision i mean this kind of stuff just used to happen all the time like that's just yeah it's and not the, okay they should have done book, it but we can't and in this movie 
you know, for this character, Ms. Taro, and also for Dr. No, played by Joseph Weissman. Also not. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's from a different time when I guess they didn't feel comfortable casting these certain people as these certain things. So. Well, they probably would have argued that they didn't have them on hand, so it was better just do this. But they have, in the background, Asian actors in certain in certain scenes, so it's not like... I think they just... But they didn't like their acting skills. That's probably... They wanted the white person to do a terrible accent. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Anyways. Let's just move past that. Enough of that. Um, so Bond's looking for the radioactive material at this point. Yes. Which he's detected, which this is basically the tech. What At this point, Bond, I think, knows like the final plan that Dr. No's got going here. Yeah. Um, basically he, he, he knows that there's something going on in Crab Key. Yeah. Doesn't know exactly what. We've also been hinted about missiles, uh, test missiles that come out of the U.S. and their missiles keep failing. Their guidance systems keep failing. Right. Um, and they're trying to figure out what it is. Bond kind of thinks maybe this is related to what's going on at Crab Key. Um, in, yeah, which is, I think is very much the same, exact same from the book. It's. You know, there's this mysterious island that is owned by this guy, and he's like trying to figure out how to what's going on, what's the connection, and that's really there's no difference. This is a very much pulled a lot from the book. There really isn't that much difference in terms of plot. It's almost straightforward, um, which is kind of interesting um, compared to other going on later. But um, but yeah, so he gets his buddy Coral. They're gonna get on a boat um, after this is after he kills the professor, right? cool trick scene <laughs> uh but that yeah shoots them with a silencer which is cool um but they get on their boat they sail to crab key under the cover of darkness they're hoping that they can um not be detected well uh, this is where they run into honey rider yeah played by ursula andrus well and then also don't they soon ride run into the tank it's a little bit later but because of honey rider right they're they get they got picked up on radar Right. Um, and that's like they both get shot up, and then they have to venture in, and they talk about this dragon. Yeah. Um, I was kind of hoping there was going to be a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, early James Bond was wild. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it, it's cool, like, having, like, a tank thing. It's yeah. It's a flamethrower. It's yeah. just used to scare off. In the book, it's used to scare off birds because they're, like, trying to just disrupt the bird population because it's, like, a protected island, I guess, but, um, and scare off people and make it seem like it's a real dragon. But um, what do you think of Honey Rider? Uh, Honey Rider was better than Miss Trench. Yeah, I mean, Miss Trench is a complete insertion and just kind of not really right anything. Um, and you have the iconic scene of her getting out of the water. Yeah. And... I'd say for a first Bond girl, yeah, good job. Definitely still not like shot as well as like the way they introduce these characters later just because everything in like this first movie does have that like more dated feeling of like a lot of these people came from doing stage plays and it was like someone like filming stuff that's in a stage play and the lighting isn't great right once they're on crap he does feel like swiss family robinson a little bit yes and there's a there's just a lot more like wide shots of things like i just feel like if you were to do that scene today there'd be so many more close-ups and just like yeah. the angles that we chose in the movie different. Yeah. So like watching it now, like 
I knew kind of what they were going for, but it's like, oh, the... yeah, the visual storytelling isn't as interesting, right? Compared to like most other movies today. And, but that's what's so interesting because like that's like one of the main most stylish places. Like whenever the Bond girl is introduced, like but I would always... say that her visual introduction of her coming out of the beach, like, yeah, the, you know, the white bikini and everything. Like, that's very that's well. I would imagine for the time, especially yes. too. Yeah, which they do recreate that shot in Casino Royale. With oh. Bond getting out of the water. Oh yeah, you're right. So I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Okay. Good catch. So there is a lot of iconic stuff in this movie. That's... Yeah. I didn't pick up on that at all. Yeah. And then people like, and I think Ursula Anders was, or yeah, I think she was obviously a, a Swedish supermodel at the time. It's just like, you know, she kind of looks like Melania a little bit, but. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's, it's a little, she's like kind of a weird character, a weird insertion in the sense that like, you know, she's just this kind of random girl that like lives alone <laughs> on in Jamaica. And it's yeah, like, it's like, it, she's like just walking around collecting seashells. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, so after this point, she kind of takes lead here, right? Yeah, because she's been to the island a bunch. Yeah, so she knows a little bit more. She's like, we're gonna go into the plutonium swamp. Call the radiation. You, yeah, I'll take you to the radioactive dragon. Unfortunately, we meet Coral's demise. Oh man. Yeah, which is why there's Coral Jr. in Live and Let Die. <laughs> Somehow he had a son that Bond also got to know. <laughs> he probably like told him about him in the past. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, did you? Ever, and then maybe did Coral Jr. ever ask like, whatever happened to my dad? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there a James Bond Jr. cartoon or something? Yes. I remember watching the TV that. TV show, right? Yeah. The idea that James Bond would have a child that he would know about. And also name, like the same. The idea that James Bond would sleep with a woman who would still be alive. That's not like Money Penny. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, because again, that's that comes from doing the books out of order. Right. It's like Quarrel was introduced in Limit That Die. Then in the future, they're like, oh, Quarrel Jr. <laughs> Instead of just making a new character. Yeah. Like, people are going to remember that really well, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, he went down in a not great way. He, he, get po fried. he gets poisoned, fried, right? He gets set aflame by the dragon. Yeah. But I thought he gets, like, shot first. Like, injected. No. no it's brutal. He no. probably has, like, the most brutal death of any character I've, like, Interesting. interacted with in these, in these stories. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it also kind of gives you then a little bond of motivation to like kill everyone at the end. <laughs> he, um, do you think Quarrel thought the dragon was going to kill him? It's weird that like the dragon stops at Quarrel. Like it doesn't like. It's almost like let's just kill this one third party, but we'll keep the other two alive. Yeah, that was a little strange, but it made sense. That Ran out of fuel. That or Doctor No specifically wanted to keep. Yeah, bond he wanted alive. to get Bond. Because he wanted to induct him. Yes. And he was like, I'm impressed with you, Mr. Bond. Um, yeah, so they get taken. We get the whole, like, scrub down radiation sequence <laughs> in the lair. Um, we finally meet Dr. No after a long time. Which, Dr. No, if they had done the exact description in the book, it would actually been really cool. Obviously, they couldn't do it here because of the technology. But in the book, so he, has, uh, he had his hands cut off. He used to be a gangster. He stole a bunch of money from like some uh, some big gang in China, and they tracked him down and cut off his hands. So in the book, he has like two like mantis like hooks. It's awesome. That like and like kind of cool. And this one, he just has like 
gloves. Yeah. <laughs> Robotic hands. That would have been so much better than the gloves. But it's like impossible to do. Why? Like, well, in, in 1962. Just hooks? Yeah, I mean, I, without looking weird, probably. They want like... You just do a little stub and they hold it. Yeah. I feel like there's plenty of movies that had hooks. It would have been fine. <laughs> like, I almost think they should have just dropped the gloves. They should have just... If they weren't going to do the hooks, they should have just given him regular hands. Like, what the hell is the point of the gloves? I don't know. Maybe. These are my robot gloves. All right. Um, would you, you overall, thoughts on Dr. No? Dr. Julius No? Um, I think I'd heard about him, and I knew how important he is in the past, but I had no idea what he was going to actually look like until I watched this movie. It's fine. <laughs> He's, it's kind of a little bit of... It's fine, yeah. It's wasted potential a little bit. I think he could have been a much more interesting villain. Um. You know, when he shows off his metal hand by, like, crushing the one thing. Which is sort of why it's kind of a bummer that they made this movie first. Yeah. You know? I think they wanted to go big. They wanted to have, like, yeah. a kind of a big explosive movie with a big ending. See, stuff. this is what bums me out about the, the current Spectre movie. It's like, oh, this villain should have been better. And they, had, they cast a great person for it, but they just did such a bummer job. Yeah. You know, for, for Spectre, yeah, for... You know, it's like, yeah, if you're going to do Blofeld or... Yeah. And the rumors are is that the new movie, No Time to Die, it's like vaguely they're maybe going to try to make Rami Malek Dr. No. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But who knows? You know, I don't think it's it's, going to be a very loose interpretation if they're doing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's probably the way to go with these movies now, right? Like, if you're going to strip a bunch of stuff out of it and rewrite the characters to make them not, like, shitty like they are in the past because of racism, sexism, etc., then also just like take the character ideas and then just re reimagine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like a really good way. I think forward for the series in general. I think also they need uh, the people that produce these movies. They need to like, they kind of have been very strict about, Oh, we don't remake movies. It's all one continuous thing. Yeah. Which is dumb because they reboot it. So they should just remake whatever they want. Yeah. But it's like, they haven't really. And so now it's like, you're kind of seeing them slowly in the Craig era remake movies in a subtle way yeah reimagining yeah which like i think they're taking is, ele- more and yeah. more elements and i want a moonraker i want a new moonraker i, I want a new live and let die you want a new moonraker do both i know it'll be time together bond in space i want and i want jaws i want a new jaws yeah he's such a jaws. crazy villain yeah <laughs> um all right so let's let's jump forward because basically at this point we find out about specter right yeah so by this point in the sort of um, when this book was or when this movie was released, Spectre had already been introduced in the book series, so they decided to inject it early. It's not in the actual book. It's still like Russians are still the main main villain here, um, but they switched it over to Spectre. And this is the yeah. So we get the first introduction to Spectre here. We obviously we watched from Russia with Love last week. That was the introduction of Blofeld and more Spectre stuff going on. So that's all kind of leading more and more towards. You know, as we get more into the these later Sean Connery movies, Blofeld becomes more of a central figure. How did when did Fleming die? Nineteen sixty-five. Okay, so he he didn't really see any of the Bond movies. He was able to see like four of them made. I wonder how he felt about the changes that they made. He died in nineteen sixty-four. He loved them. I think he oh, actually okay. really enjoyed a lot of it. Just curious, was. you know? Yeah. No, I think I think he actually. He was really bummed about the, the American TV series, like, episode they did for Casino Royale in, like, the 50s. 
and then kind of was really down on himself. But then I think this kind of really helped. I didn't know about that. We got to find that. It's, it's, I've seen clips of it. It's not good. Ah. With with Jimmy Bond, American Bond. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's American version. So so it's a, just a total remake. It, like he works for the CIA. He works for CIA. Oh, I got to watch this. Le Chief is still a character, but it's like Jimmy Bond. Oh, I got to see Jimmy Bond. It's Why bad. would they change it from James? Because uh, you, American, you know, whoever was producing it was like, American audiences aren't going to get this. But so. Jimmy is such a weak name. <laughs> Jimmy. Like John or just James. Hey. He's fine. No, no, I'm saying John would have been oh, better. Okay, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a Jimmy is like name. a child. Yeah, you don't you don't name a, a imposing spy Jimmy. Yeah, well, like I think when Fleming originally came up with the name, it was like he, it was there was an author of like a bird watching book named James Bond. And he's like he just liked the name because it was very like it sounded like two gunshots. <laughs> it was like it was very like it was like two punches. Yeah, you know, whereas like like you said. Once you had Jimmy, it's like... It, yeah, it's it, weak. Yeah. So, I, no one is scared of Jimmy Bond. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and as as that movie, uh, that TV show definitely did not work out. Anyways, um, so Bond... What's kind of cool, so like Bond is in this prison cell. He has to break... He sneaks out through this like vent thing. Mm-hmm. Gets totally like messed up, like bodies burned and bloodied. Um, in the book, it's even crazier because... He's like purposely like he has to go through these like different things that totally like just fucks him up, and he ends up like landing in this like water tank, and there's a like giant... a cooling tank. No, in like that aquarium thing when you see like, oh, that right. thing. Yeah. So he ends up landing in that with like sharks and stuff. Oh my god! And he ends up like fighting off a squid <laughs> in the book. It's crazy, and he almost gets eaten by a squid, and like is just like that's amazing. Almost dies like five times, and like is just like a complete mess. So then. By the time he gets to what we see, what happens where he basically disrupts the whole thing, the whole process, and kills Dr. No and all those other things, in the book, it's like if you feel it because he's just like, he's like, fuck these people. I'm just going to shoot my way out of here. <laughs> just kill everybody. I really want to see Rami Malek drop Daniel Craig into a tank with a squid now. And having Craig fight like a giant squid. Yeah, it'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be so cool. I know, it'd be cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed they didn't include it here in the... In the movie, but well, if they, they couldn't the give this guy hook hands, they weren't gonna have <laughs> yeah. what? What was he just gonna have a big foam tentacles? He was just like, yeah, grasping underwater. That would have been Basically. terrible. Yeah, um, but I thought the, the finale was kind of cool with him sort of over um, powering the, the reactor and causing like a crazy meltdown of the system. And then he has like a giant, um, you know, fist fight with Doctor No, and Doctor No ends up falling into the radioactive water, and you know. Probably vaporizing, I'm guessing, or whatever happened in. Well, he's got those hook hands. He well, his metal hands out. couldn't yeah. grasp the way he yeah. wanted well, to. Well, they short circuited. Yeah. <laughs> Once they got what? Yeah. Oh man. Um, and then he escapes with Honey. Um, saves her from, I guess, drowning. She was like chained to like a rock thing that was gonna like drown her, which is pretty cool. Um, and they get off in a boat, and that's when they're picked up by Felix. And Felix is like, hey, we'll tell you into port. And then he's like, yeah. screw that. We're going to make love in the Park 3. The Navy shows up. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's basically, <laughs> it's basically what it is. <laughs> yes. Or Jurassic Park 3 copied this. Yeah. And it's like, well, you, you see this. You'll see this a ton of times in Bond movies. Bond usually ends up on a raft or on a boat with, a, with the woman. 
and it's like, oh, we're gonna be saved. Well, we have forty five minutes. Let's uh, yeah, let's make love in this boat. <laughs> that's basically how the bodies end. That's true. Uh, and that's you know how this ends, and that kicks off what would be now six decades of wow. Bodies. Yeah, we're doing this in a weird way. Yeah. Um, which means next week is. Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Which is really the one that I think set the model for yeah. many movies to come. And yeah. kind of is the kind of not pun intended gold standard. Yeah. Of- it has sort of a very like uh relevant v- villain to today's society. Yes. Great villain. Very <laughs> Trump like. Yeah, it's basically I was just watching this. It's Except just, smarter. It's basically like smart Trump. Yeah. That was about all I kept thinking. But even then, like, he was like a con man, like, when he's playing. We'll talk about this. Yeah, I we'll can't talk. wait to talk. There were okay. so many. F- that movie was funny. Yeah. That movie. And I think intentionally funny. So. Yeah. Um, great. So we'll be watching. Talking Gold about Goldfinger next. We'll see you next time. Yeah.